Open your Bibles today to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, last night in our Christmas Eve service, I read and preached on verses 1 through 7. That's whenever the census from Caesar Augustus brought them down into Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecy that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Caesar Augustus did not know what was happening, but God was using him like a pawn in his hands to to bring the parents of Jesus down to Bethlehem. Then here's the response on the night that Jesus, the angel's response and the shepherd's response. And that's what we're going to look at today. Verse 8 through 20 says this. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a feeding trough. And suddenly there was the angel, and with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, that we may... And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a feeding trough. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard as it was told them. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will illumine this passage of Scripture, give us insight and wisdom to the meaning of this passage, the depths of it, and how it rightly applies even to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, the passage I just read to you is the first Christmas day, the day that Jesus Christ was born. But my quick point that I want to expound upon and explain is that Jesus Christ was born at nighttime. And that's very significant and very important. If you look at verse 8, at the end of verse 8, the shepherds were watching their flock by night. And that's the time right after Jesus Christ was born. It was at nighttime that the angels come and appear to Jesus with this appear to the shepherds with this message at the same time this was it was he was born at night but this was 
the entire beginning of Christmas day. You look at verse 11. In verse 11, it says, for this, for there is born to you this day. He doesn't say this night, but born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What is important about this is that this is picking up on the clock, uh, the clockwork of the book of Genesis chapter 1. Creation is designed with clocks in the sky. The clocks tell you the time. The sun comes up, the moon comes up, and you know the time of day, the time of night, and those things. Well, in Genesis chapter 1, every single full day, every single full 24 hours begins with night. It begins with darkness. See, you and I are very used to thinking, well, the day begins when the sun comes up. That's how we kind of count days in our culture. In a biblical worldview, in a biblical mindset, and this is very significant theologically, as I'll explain, the days in the Bible begin with darkness. And then the days end with light. So half of the day is dark, half of the day is light. Why is this important? Why is this so significant? It's because what God does with little things is that God sets a pattern with a little thing of what he's going to do with a big thing. So, for example, a little tiny piece of day or a a little day, a 24 hour period. He starts it off with darkness and he ends it with light or daylight. Well, the entire Bible, the entire Old Testament, the big thing of the whole Bible, the Old Testament is a time of darkness, so to speak. It's a time of nighttime. It's a time of spiritual darkness looking forward to a greater light to come. This is exactly what John is talking about, what I read to you earlier in John chapter 1, when he says that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. What he's picking up upon is what God did in the book of Genesis. He started off things with darkness and then there came light. Well, now John looks at the whole of history, the entire history of the Old Testament and says that was an entire time of darkness, of nighttime, looking forward to a greater light to come. And that's why Jesus, he comes on the scene into the Gospel of John and says, I am the light of the world. So he is shining his light in the world ever since his earthly ministry and his death and incarnation, his death and resurrection. And it's been light time or daytime in creation ever since the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So whenever we come to the shepherds here, this is why it's important that Jesus was not born in the daytime. This is why it's important that Jesus was born at nighttime. Because Jesus, even though this is the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke is the New Testament, when Jesus is born, he's in an Old Testament time period. He's in that darkness of the Old Covenant era. He's still under the law He has not brought about the the resurrection of the dead with his body from the grave yet. The the New Testament, he is bringing in the New Testament era. So he's going to go from nighttime to daylight. 
That's very significant. And I'm going to show you some, some points in this passage where you're going to pick up on the movement. The movement or the transition going from darkness to light. Now, how is this seen? Let me put it to you this way. In the Old Testament, we're going to look at this passage, there is a movement of animals in this passage, and there's a movement of angels. I'm going to focus on animals and angels today in this passage. And what we want to see is, is that there's movement from animals and angels to Jesus. And whenever you look at the nighttime of the Old Testament, there's a lot that the Old Testament deals with concerning animals and angels. And there's a lot of changes and newness that come with the coming of Christ. There's three things I want to mention about animals today. As we appreciate animals under the Old Testament time period and the biblical significance of animals in the Old Testament, the first one is this about animals. There were animal sacrifices throughout the Old Testament in the temple. In the temple in Jerusalem and in the tabernacle of Moses, they would take sheep, they would take goats, they would take rams, they would take the bulls, all this, and sacrifice them to God. And some commentators even suggest this is one of the main reasons why these shepherds are in Bethlehem raising sheep, raising goats, raising a flock, a herd, and watch them over at night. Because what would they do? These shepherds would sell these animals so that people can go to Jerusalem and make sacrifices. Most of these, many of these animals, not only would they be eaten, but they would be used by the Jews in order to bring sacrifices to the Lord in the Old Testament context. So what's happening here? The angels are showing up and saying, Let's, he talks to the shepherd and says, Shepherd, go over there and look at this baby in a stable. Go over there and look at, leave this lamb right here that you're taking care of, this lamb for men, this lamb for people, and go look at that baby over there among the animals over there. What's happening here, you can see, the animal, excuse me, the angel is directing the shepherds away from lambs of men or lambs for men to the lamb of God. Jesus is, be, is symbolically here, you can see, they're leading shepherds to the ultimate lamb. Jesus is the fulfillment of what all these animals and their sacrifices throughout the Old Testament. Jesus is going to be the ultimate sacrifice. This is why whenever John the Baptist comes along, he sees Jesus walking along the Jordan River. He points the finger and says, look, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the symbolism of why you can tell that the angels are choosing shepherds to go and look at Jesus because it's a transition. There's a movement from animal sacrifice to the one man human sacrifice, Jesus Christ on the cross. There's another significance about animals in the Bible. 
And that is, think about the first man and where God created him out of the ground in Genesis chapter 2. Before he made the woman out of the man's side, in Genesis chapter 2, the first Adam was surrounded by animals. God brought the animals to Adam and he named them and named them and realized he needed a companion. So God built the woman out of his side. Well, here in this passage, we have a new Adam. Where he's born, it's like a new little garden surrounded by animals, a garden, so to speak, because he is in that stable. He is surrounded by animals there. So you had this theme of a new Adam. Now, think about this. Let me put these parallels together for you. The first Adam is surrounded by animals, and then God builds a wife from his side and gives him, gives him a wife. The second Adam here is surrounded by animals at his birth, and then in his death and resurrection, he will die for his wife. His wife is the church, and the church will be united to Jesus Christ. So the trajectory here of going from a man who's surrounded by animals to a wife is the same pattern that you see with the first Adam. He's surrounded by animals in the Garden of Eden. God gives him a wife. Here, this man, Jesus Christ, when he's born, he's surrounded by animals. He dies for his bride, and his bride, his church, is in union with him. What God does with the small, it symbolizes and shows what he's going to do with the big. Also, what you can see as well, this is really obvious, this is why I named the manger a feeding trough, because it shows you the, the dirtiness of it. In feeding troughs, you feed animals there. And so, when there's an animal, you place all the feed in there, and the animals come and eat. Well, in the Old Testament, God uses animals to symbolize and show what man is to do. Whenever you have an ox tramping on the grain, you take care of the ox, let him eat some of that. And Paul looks back and says, look at how they, take, they took care of the ox, trampling out the grain and threshing the grain. Even so, you should take care of the apostles. He uses the animals as a symbol of what a man should do. Same thing with Jesus Christ. Now the shepherds are going to see not where animals are going to eat, so to speak, but actually what humans are going to eat. What are humans going to feed upon now? The flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus Christ said in John chapter 6, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourself. And they, the Jewish people said, this is a very hard saying. Well, basically, that's what Jesus, the providence of God was symbolizing when they placed Jesus in the feeding trough. God is basically saying, humanity, if you want life, if you want salvation, here's the food. It's Him. When you come to the Lord's Supper and you eat the bread and drink the, from the cup, it's a symbol of you feeding on Christ by faith. It's a symbol of Christ living in you. He is your spiritual food, your substance, all of that. And so God is using this, transit, using this Christmas day here 
as a transition from animal food to Christ's food. So that's why Jesus is in the feeding trough, because we feed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's how we can appreciate the nighttime of the Old Testament, giving us understanding of animals and how the Old Testament used them. Secondly, let's talk about some angels and conclude. The angels in the Old Testament, I spoke on this a little bit last week, but let me say it this way. In the New Testament, when the New Testament looks back upon the angels in the Old Covenant, the New Testament basically says that angels were inferior. Angels function in an inferior capacity compared to the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, the Jewish people really appreciated angels. The Jewish people lauded angels because God used angels to give the law of Moses to Moses and then give that law to the people. And so in the Hebrews chapter 1, what the author is arguing is saying that angels are second place compared to Christ. Christ is superior to angels. Don't you dare elevate angels over Christ. In the book, in the book of Acts, before Stephen was martyred and killed, that's the first martyr, he's preaching to the Jewish people at the synagogue. And he tells them that you receive the law of Moses by the direction of angels. And his point is, that's Old Covenant. But God comes in Christ and gives you the new covenant in his own blood. The new covenant is better than the old covenant that was given by angels. In the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 19, Paul talks about the old law of Moses, and he says that God used angels to give the old covenant to Moses. And the reason why they're emphasizing the work of angels in the old covenant is because they're inferior to Christ. Christ gives the new covenant by Himself through His own blood. He doesn't use angels to give the, to give the new covenant. So what's the role of angels? The role of angels is this, to point people to Christ. That's why in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says, angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation. That's a good commentary on the Old Testament. The whole Old Testament, the function of angels is to get God's people ready for the coming of Christ. And that's what you see on the first Christmas day. The angels realize that their job is done. He has showed up. The whole multitude comes down to these shepherds and they point in the direction of Bethlehem. And they say, go there and go see the Christ. Now, I want to put another passage of Scripture together with this to think about Jesus and how angels react to Jesus. This is what you would call a descent where Jesus, the Son of God, comes down from heaven. He is incarnate. He is born. And there's a whole multitude of angels praising God. Well, what happened 33 years later? Jesus goes through a death and resurrection. He ascends up into heaven What's the angel's response then? This is Revelation chapter 5 and their response to Jesus going up into heaven after the ascension. It says this, John looked around and he said, I saw the voice of many angels around the throne, living creatures and the, 
elder angels, the elders, that's the elder angels, the archangels. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and which are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard them saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures, these are types of angels, these are four living creatures, said, Amen. And the 24 elder angels fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. What's important is that this is Jesus in his new humanity. Meaning, his old humanity goes through a death. That's why Jesus became flesh and blood. God added humanity to himself that he had the ability to die in his human flesh. And in the resurrection, he came up with immortal flesh. He can never die again. And now God has taken that specimen of humanity and glorified it. And angels realize now God has promoted humanity above themselves through through Jesus Christ on the throne. So what you have on this first Christmas day, to summarize all of this, this is why Jesus was born at nighttime. Because it's a transition. This is a transition from the old covenant darkness, the old covenant era, into a time of light, into a time of a new beginning for humanity, a new beginning for the world and all creation. I'll say this, that some people who reject this enlightenment of the Lord Jesus Christ upon creation, you'll have rationalists or scientists or academics. They'll look at the Middle Ages and say, those are the Dark Ages. And then in the 1600s and the 1700s, that became the enlightenment, where we started to use our minds and get away from superstition and become more scientific. And the great industrial revolution followed after all that. Well, those are really cheap substitutes for the true enlightenment of creation. The enlightenment was not whenever humans started using equipment and becoming more scientific. The enlightenment of, of humanity came through Christmas Day, came through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where the biblical view of the world is. This is the ultimate light, enlightenment where heaven's light showed upon the darkness of creation and is now maturing creation more and more and more until Jesus Christ comes back. That's why you can look forward to the future and realize that God's going to shine His light more and more and more in cultures and in civilizations until Jesus returns to resurrect the dead. That's the trajectory in a little nutshell of what God's plan is through Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your redeeming grace through Jesus Christ. How you bring creation out of a time of darkness into light. How you nurture us and teach us through the word. And you mature us even more that we may glorify you on a daily basis and exemplify divine characters in our life. The attributes of God of peace, joy, happiness, grace, and comfort in and through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ.
It's in His name we give you thanks for the great incarnation. Amen.